The Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 10. Brother will betray brother to death, and as a father his, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? Do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. This is the Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> So for a few weeks in the summer break here, which is a nice pace for those of us who have children, a different change of pace where it's not so run around all over the place with all sorts of school and schedules and all sorts of other busyness, a little more quiet, and so you get a little time to do those things you don't get to do. And one thing that my youngest daughter and I have set out to do this summer is to watch The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies. So uh, she had never seen them before, so she's you know, that age now where it's you know, time, to, time to introduce her to those wonderful instant classics based on those classic books. And we've gotten through The Hobbit. We've got through those three movies. We've still got The Lord of the Rings to go yet, three more to go. Did you ever watch those and added up how many hours of movies that is? You're like, oh, oh 18 hours between those six movies. And that's not including the extended versions. Then you're well over 20. That's a lot of time. But in order to really know the story, in order to really understand what's going on, you have to watch all of them, don't you? I have found myself having to explain a lot of things, right? Because she hasn't seen them all yet. And, and just, or saying, honey, just wait, just wait. It'll get explained. Well, yeah. This sermon series is kind of like that, okay? But it's not 18 hours long. It's only four weeks, four sermons long. And you kind of need to hear the other sermons and, and know what's going on to, to understand and see the big picture of all of this. So if you weren't able to be here last week for the first week of this series, if you weren't able to, to watch it online either, please go back and watch it. Go back and listen to it. Last week, we talked about how Jesus calls us to have mercy on all, no matter what, to show kindness and compassion to everyone, regardless of anything. But as we very clearly also saw, having mercy does not mean you condone sin. 
It does not mean we just accept everything. Having mercy, showing kindness and compassion, allows us then to lead to the truth, to show sin and to reveal grace in Jesus Christ. We're called to have mercy. And today, it's important for you to hear next week's message too, because next week we're going to talk about holding fast to the truth. That this is the word of God in all of its truth and purity. And it doesn't matter what our society says. It doesn't matter what popular opinion is. This is the authority. But that's next week. And then the final week, in two weeks from now, we're going to focus on that we're told that this struggle is going to go on. This is not going to end. Instead, Jesus says things are only going to get worse in this world for the church. And so we long for the life to come. We long for that eternal life that is free of all this. So you need to hear all of these messages to make them all fit together so you're not missing any of these pieces. But today, the piece that we're going to focus on about the church and culture, about the holy Christian church living the truth and proclaiming the truth in a culture that's becoming more and more anti-Christian, is that we can expect to be hated and expect to face opposition. And maybe you, you read or you heard these verses that we just read here from our gospel lesson and you think, what am I signing up for here? <laughs> and maybe that's what the disciples were thinking at this time. This lesson actually breaks in about halfway through Jesus preparing his disciples, his 12 disciples to go out and to preach and teach. To proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. This comes about halfway through. And he's given them instructions on where they're to go and what they're to do, what they're to teach. But he's already given them some, some very sober warnings. He says that I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves, he says before our lesson. He says you're going to be handed over to local councils. You're going to be flogged. You're going to be arrested. All of these things are going to happen. And they might be thinking, what did I sign up for here? And then you get to this section we have in front of us. This doesn't sound pleasant. This doesn't sound fun at all. This doesn't sound at all like maybe what I'm interested in. What, am I, what did I sign up for here? We are called as the church to preach the gospel, to preach the good news of a Savior, to proclaim the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life through one and through one alone, Jesus Christ. We have that wonderful message to share that is meant for absolutely every human being on this planet. That's the job of the church. That is our privilege and our responsibility to preach the gospel. But not just the gospel. We are called to teach and to preach and proclaim the whole counsel of God. Which sometimes means hard things that are hard for people to hear. and Things that make them feel uncomfortable. Things that may cause opposition. And that's what Jesus is warning about here. That this is what his disciples are going to face as they go out and proclaim the counsel of God, as they proclaim God's word and his truth and purity, both law and gospel. They are going to 
face opposition. And today's no different than the time of Jesus. When we as the church proclaim that, no, this world did not come about by some big bang all by itself, and this has slowly evolved over millions or billions of years, but we proclaim that there is a God who created this world in six 24-hour days, you're going to be called uneducated, simple, maybe even dumb. When you and we as the church proclaim that there's only one way to heaven, that every religion is not a path to God and the path to the afterlife, that there is absolute truth, that there is right and wrong, that we are the ones who are proclaiming the truth, you're going to be called a bigot. When we as the church say that it's God alone who determines when life begins and when life ends, You know what we're going to hear? You know what we do here? Who are you to tell someone what their right to choose is? When we, as the church, say that it's God who created male and female, <laughs> you know what the church hears when we proclaim that. You're unloving. You're not kind. You're not compassionate. When we proclaim as the church that it's God who has designed marriage, and it's God who gets to say what marriage is, we're going to hear, who are you to tell me how to live my life and what to do? When we as the church proclaim that it's God who has designed the gift of sex, and he's the one who gets to say where it's used, how it's used, we're going to hear, mind your own business. Let people love and do what they want. Friends, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the tip of the iceberg of the opposition that we face and that we will continue to face and is only going to increase in this culture that is becoming more anti-Christian seemingly every day. what Jesus is warning about here. You will face opposition. And he doesn't hold back. He wants you to go in eyes wide open. He wants you to know what it is you've signed up for so you can be ready. He says, right at the beginning of our lesson this morning, he says, brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Now, thank God that right now this is not happening as far as I know in our country, but this does happen in our world today. It has happened in the church in the past where families are giving up each other, having each other be put to death. But what is happening in our world today? What will happen when we proclaim the truth? Families might be split. Feelings might be hurt. When we say to someone we absolutely love and care about, a, a, a child, 
no matter what age they are, or a parent, or a sibling, someone in our family who needs to hear the whole counsel of God, who needs to know the truth of God's law because we love them, we care for their souls, that family might be split. Jesus warns us that might be the case. He says, if a split can happen in your family, what about other people? He says, you will be hated by everyone because of me. Hate is a very strong word. Hate is a word that God does not use lightly. But hate is an absolute, utter disdain that I, I don't care anything about you. I want nothing to do with you. We can expect that people in this world, people in our lives, are going to hate us when we proclaim the truth of God's word. Jesus warns, you don't have to go look for it. It's going to just come to you. He says, when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. We're not looking for trouble. We're not going and trying to instigate things. It's going to come to you. It's going to happen. When you speak the truth, when you live the truth, this opposition is going to happen. Jesus warns you of that. He says there's gonna, this is going to continue. He tells his disciples that, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. We can expect that this is going to be something that we are going to have to fight. We're going to have to struggle with until the Son of Man comes the final time when he comes with all of his angels. When he comes on that last day, that struggle will continue. Sin is going to continue to rear its ugly head. The devil is going to continue to work. This world as evil is going to become more and more evil. The work will not end until Jesus comes back. And we're wondering, what did we sign ourselves up for? But Jesus doesn't send out his disciples with just these words. He sends them out with words of comfort and promise too. Words of encouragement, words of strength, to know that yes, this is what you will face, but this is what you can also expect. Jesus says to his disciples and he says to you, he says to his church, do not be afraid of them. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. Friends, we can't be friends with Jesus and friends with the world. It just doesn't work. There will be opposition when we live as the church, when we live as the disciples of Jesus. The truth out of love for Jesus, out of love for this world, has to be spoken. It has to be. We, we can't hold it in. And we're going to be accused of doing evil things of preaching evil things, 
right? Just, just before this section I read, people had been accusing Jesus of being in line with Satan, of being of Beelzebub, which is a name for the devil at the time, that he was in cahoots with him. And if they treated Jesus' way, they're going to say the same about his people. We can expect that. We're going to be called the ones who are speaking evil things and wicked things. But we must continue to preach the truth out of love for Jesus, out of love for the people of this world. And as we think about that, as we anticipate that, what that looks like, Jesus sends us out with these promises. Three times in this section, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And the reason why you don't have to be afraid, he says the truth that might be somewhat hidden now is eventually going to be made known. What is now hidden will be disclosed. What is secret now will be made known to everyone. And honestly, on that day, it's going to be too late. Because when Jesus does come on the clouds with all of his angels, when he does come on Judgment Day, that's it. That's it. That's the final judgment. There are no second chances. When that truth is absolutely made known and disclosed to all, it's too late. And so now we speak the truth. Now we make it known while there's still time, while there's still time for repentance. Jesus says, what you have received, don't be afraid to speak it. You can go and proclaim it from the rooftops. You can go and make it known. You don't have to be worried. Why? You don't have to be afraid. Why? Because even though those who hate you and those who oppose you, they, could, they might even take your life, they cannot kill your soul. They cannot. They can take everything away. Possessions, money, family, home, job, life. But in the end, they cannot take your soul. They cannot take your faith. They cannot take that promise of your eternal life. Jesus says, don't be afraid. She says there's only one thing to really kind of be afraid of. The one who can kill both body and soul in hell. And not that we fear him. No, there's no fear of our God who's going to destroy our soul in hell. Because we know our Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that he was destroyed in those fires of hell for us and paid that penalty for us. We know that we are righteous in God's sight. We are his now and forever. But isn't there a fear for those who don't? For those whose bodies and souls are in danger of those fires of hell? I hope and pray that does strike a healthy, holy fear in you for the souls that are perishing. For those who are living apart from God and from his love because they've chosen to reject it. For those who have known the truth but walked away from that truth. Their bodies and souls are in danger of those fires of hell. So go and proclaim go and make known. What can they do to you? <laughs> Nothing. Make him known. 
Jesus says, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid as you go, as you proclaim, as you make known this truth, as you go in love and show mercy to those who need these truths. Because your heavenly Father is caring for you. Jesus says, your, your, your heavenly Father cares for the sparrows and they're worth next to nothing. How much more valuable are you than sparrows? How much are you worth to your God? You were worth the price of the innocent blood of his own son. You were worth God himself taking on flesh and living in this world and facing every temptation of Satan. Facing every temptation to keep the truth disclosed, unknown, kept keeping it secret. Keep every law perfectly for you. How much are you worth to your God? Worth his life on that cross. That's your worth. That's your value in the eyes of your Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father who says that there's a place for you with me here in heaven reserved. It's yours. It belongs to you. For those who stand firm to the end, they will be saved. It's a promise your Heavenly Father makes to you. And so there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to worry about. Proclaim the truth. As the church, we can make that truth known no matter what that might mean because we know our eternal life is secure. Our Heavenly Father loves us and cares for us. Jesus sends us out with these promises and tells us, stand firm. Stand firm to the end and you will be saved. We go and we just, as Jesus says, we acknowledge him before others. We make him known. We make the truth of his word known. And we get to look forward to that day when we will hear Jesus acknowledge us before the Heavenly Father. This is my son. This is my daughter. This is the one whom I love. This is the one who I bled and died for. This is the one who made my truth known. What did you sign yourself up for? The truth is nothing. You didn't sign yourself up for anything. You see, Jesus chose you. Jesus called you through word and sacrament. He made you his very own. He made you to be one of his disciples. And he's the one who comes now to forgive you for the times that you failed to speak that truth in love to the people of your life. He comes in his forgiveness for us, the church, when we have been bold and loving enough to proclaim the truth of God's word to the world around us. And he comes and he equips us. And he empowers us. And he gives us that ability to stand firm no matter what. No matter what. Amen.